Hello, my name is Dylan, and this is the Heroes of Reality podcast, a place where I interview heroes of reality, of life, science, technology, and more, and I share the stories, lessons, journeys, inspiring you to be the hero of your reality. Today, my guest is Kimberly Marimontes. She helps kids be more mindful with cooking, teaches them how to farm and garden, and then take those produce items and bring it into the kitchen and be able to cook and have a healthy, more balanced meal. She's worked with the Food Corps, and she is on a mission to change the way our kids look and connect with food. Oops. Take it. Cool. So how you been? Good. Yeah. 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 A little tired um, today for some reason, but but pretty good. Do you work? You work um, Monday through Friday, right? You don't do the weekends. I don't work weekends. Yeah, which is nice. I get yeah. I get a little break on the weekends. That's which cool. I appreciate. Yeah. Not nope. was wasn't the case in the food service industry, but. Uh yeah no no food service yeah. industry you don't get any like every day that everybody has off you need to work mm-hmm. so like like minus maybe like Christmas Eve or something but whenever in the food yeah. service like Thanksgiving all those days are like the hot days so yeah yeah that's the whole thing of service yeah now that I work for schools I uh I get all the breaks <laughs> and the weekends <laughs> and you get like like summer school right like you don't do the summer school thing right or you do. I actually have been working summer school this summer, um, but only two days a week with the elementary school kids. So I've I've been working with another teacher doing garden classes. Um, we're doing like a hybrid of like a garden cooking class, but it's more like garden and then a snack kind of a thing. Um, garden and snacks? Garden, yeah, and garden and garden snacks. That, that sounds almost like like uh, like a healthy food product you'd find in the store. Garden like, snack. <laughs> garden snacks. Or like little veggie sticks. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. It's a little bit like that. Well, um, like, so what exactly, like right now, what are you doing with the schools? Because mm-hmm. I, I know you always yeah. like, like. I can tell you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I work for Berkeley Unified School District. Uh-huh. And there's a garden and cooking program within Berkeley Unified. Mm-hmm. Um, and we teach, well, I teach the cooking classes. So I'm part of like the cooking side of the garden and cooking program. So I teach cooking classes at one of the middle schools in Berkeley Unified and also at an elementary school. And we partner with the after school program at that elementary school in particular. Um, and we I work with I work with one other person at the elementary school, and then I work with three other people at the middle school to bring cooking classes to these kids. So my main job is um, coordinating with all of the teachers and figuring out like what we're going to be teaching them, what we're going to be cooking, the recipes we're going to be doing, and I am in charge of getting all the ingredients for that and like scaling up or scaling down the recipes as we need and making them work for the kids, basically. Um, and so, yeah, I do that Tuesday through Friday and I'm at the middle school on Fridays, mm-hmm. like the whole day. And then I'm at the elementary school Tuesday, Wednesday, or sorry, Tuesday, Thursday. And Wednesday is going to, is, is like my shopping day for 
the middle school and for like planning and like staff meetings and like meeting with my mentor and like observing other classes um, and things like that. Cause I just got started. I just started working in February. Mm. Um, so this is going to be my first like full year coming up in this school year right now. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Getting kids to actually enjoy healthy foods uh, it seems like an uphill battle a bit. Do you mm-hmm. like, do you notice that there's like a, a certain age or something that like they're more receptive and as they get older, like, mm-hmm. like, do you have to like change tax or like, what is that like to? Yeah. Um, so I've found that younger kids, like kindergarten, kindergartners, mm-hmm. first graders, they're, they're easier to like, to they're easier to convince i guess that something is going to taste good you know as they get older and they like start to experience different things and different foods and they have more of like um they want to be doing what their friends are doing you know Mm -hmm. um it gets a little bit harder to to just kind of be like hey just give it a try you know you might actually like it um so in every class basically especially with We've had um, just a few weeks of summer school. Um, It's really important to preface. Like before we eat something, we always preface with don't yuck anyone's yum. You know, like I like to say everybody has a personal connection with food. Everybody has their own experience with food. Don't ruin somebody else's experience. You know, if you don't like something, don't say, ew, yuck, this is gross. And then, you know, like ruin that for somebody else because now they might be like afraid to taste it because it's a scary thing to try something new, to eat it. Like it becomes part of you, you know, it's like part of your body and like is very personal and can be very scary. And nobody wants to like eat something and then like throw up in front of a bunch of their friends. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So there's like a lot of fear that happens when kids are eating a new food or trying something new. It's like a lot of fear, which is really interesting. But um, but, yeah, we always have to make sure that like everybody's everybody needs to know, like everybody has their own experience. Don't ruin somebody else's experience with your experience kind of a thing. That's cool. Don't yeah. yuck other people's yum. Don't yuck my yum and don't nasty my tasty. Don't what? Don't, don't nasty, nasty my tasty. My tasty. <laughs> That's like the middle school version. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a beautiful way to stick it in people's heads and then like, 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 and also kind of like create healthy boundaries for kids because mm-hmm. one of the things that I've noticed too is like, there seems to be an age like where like people kind of get like locked in to like what they, what they are willing to try. And like, yeah. I, I have friends of mine that are, that are like 25, 30 years old where all they'll have are chicken fingers and mm-hmm. like hamburgers and, and they just will not try anything outside their like, their comfort, like, yeah, yeah their, their comfort box of that mm-hmm. and like breaking up that mold. And so it's like, I feel like, yeah, there's a certain age that when, if you mm-hmm. don't expose them to it, they don't, they won't, they just won't. And they just, they can't accept yeah. that. Yeah. And that's a weird that yeah. that fear that fear bit you're talking about too is so like yeah. um, so much of the like the, the suffering we come across is that fear. Like, you know, especially kids mm-hmm. like the, the the you said so going from like elementary school to middle school, they more like look up to you and believe in you and trust you. And then as you go into middle school, they now have the 
social pressure from all the kids around, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So how do you do you ever get that to work with them? Like like do you ever get the social pressure to like like from yeah. the like every middle school to like work together to kind of collaboratively <laughs> um, positively peer pressure kids in Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. That is the biggest thing that like helps with if one person tries a thing that we're making mm-hmm. and they like it, mm-hmm. it it kind of like helps other people try it. You know, it's like it's like a ripple effect. Yeah. It works in the positive and it works in the negative. Sure. You know, if one person likes it, another person is more likely to try it. Like the other day I heard a kit we were tasting um, or we were we were making a garden snack and our lesson for the day was decomposers in the garden. And so, you know, the snack ants on a log with yeah. like a celery stick and peanut butter. So yeah. we did a different version. We called it decomposers under a log. And so we had a little plate with their, we set it up with a celery stick and then we used sunflower seed butter because we can't have like nut butters or nut things. Um, and then we did cranberries and pumpkin seeds and we took the we took the celery stick and you just like we we told them just flip it over onto the onto the pumpkin seeds and the cranberries and then lift it up like you're looking underneath a log those are your your decomposers that you're like trying to find under the log and that snack was a very hard snack for a lot of kids because they had never had sunflower seed butter before. And they probably had never had something like peanut butter on a celery stick. Mm. And one girl tried it and she spit it out. She didn't like it. And her friend next to her tried it. Or maybe she didn't try. I can't remember. But her other friend like also didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So then the third friend was like, if my friends don't like it, I'm not going to like it. And I was like, you can't let them ruin the experience for you. You should try it for yourself. You might actually like it, you know? And she kind of like sat with it for a little while and she tasted it and she liked it. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. And her friend was like, you like it? And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like there's no judgment here. You know, we can't judge somebody for liking it. I like it. It's delicious. A lot of other people like it. Um, just be because it wasn't your favorite doesn't mean, you know, you get to judge somebody else for, for liking this food. Um, and so it was an interesting dynamic of like, she said out loud, if my friends don't like it, I'm not going to like it. Mm-hmm. But that's just not the case. You know, it's just not true. But sometimes, you know, it's like, that's where their minds are at right now. That's their mindset. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they definitely like, they don't want to be like the first lemming in the, in the water. They don't want to go mm-hmm. first. And that, that whole perception of if other people are enjoying it, then I must enjoy it. Other people hate it. I must hate it. And they just almost don't even have a, like a mind of their own. And like, Mm -hmm. what's interesting with that, I feel like, like, like your life is almost like the perpetual, um, do you remember the old like tricks commercial or kids commercials? Like Mikey likes it. Mikey likes it, you know, and he eats it and then they all go in because Mikey likes it. I feel like perpetually trying to find like ways to like get Mm -hmm. kids to like encourage other kids. Like, do you have, um, do you feel like, responsible for kids being healthy in terms of like eating and stuff like if like a kid like is in your class and a mm-hmm. do you feel a certain level of responsibility to like change them to be able to to go from eating fritos and doritos um or whatever mcdonald's mm-hmm. to this like like mm-hmm. do you do you like like is there ever a time that like you don't know or could you tell me about a time that like you've had to try to like 
try to convince them or help them see what how healthy can actually be better than unhealthy mm-hmm. fast food stuff? Yeah, well, that's basically my job. <laughs> <laughs> so with the elementary school, we have a pretty like pretty established set of lessons mm-hmm. um, where we talk about nutrition and like we teach them about mm-hmm. the vitamins and minerals that are in foods and we teach them about fiber and we teach them about water um, and we teach them about like processed foods versus non-processed foods. So that's kind of like, yeah, that's kind of the work that we're trying to do. And I know that it's not going to make a difference they're not going to change their habits right now because they're not necessarily the ones making the choices all the time of like what is bought at the grocery store. You know, the Mm -hmm. parents, parents are in charge of like what they're buying and like what snacks they're getting, but the kids do have some agency in choosing their snacks. Um, and so I think that the younger, you know, when we introduce kids to different foods at a younger age, foods that they might not have tried, like celery or kale or like Swiss chard or collard greens, um, if they try it and it tastes good, they're more likely to choose that in the future. So it's more of like, you know, we want them to know like what is good food yeah, and like that fruits and vegetables can actually taste good and try to steer them away from like sugary drinks and sugary sodas and um you know like chips and and all that stuff but without like judgment you know we don't want we don't want to be like oh don't eat hot cheetos because they're you know really unhealthy for you and like it's really bad if you eat them like that's we don't we don't say those things but we talk about what's in them you don't want to do like the catholicism style where if you if you if you don't eat this, then you know God doesn't love you, and you're in trouble for not doing this. You're a bad person. Mm-hmm. You're more like, you just. It sounds like you're what you're doing is you're you're, you're creating positive memories, so that yeah. later on with future opportunities they can go. Actually, I do love ants on a log or ants under mm-hmm. a de- decomposing log, and, <laughs> and it allows them to realize that there's other options. Otherwise, just mm-hmm. those patterns of French fries and ice creams and those things it just it's just the yeah. default. You're, 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 that's such a yeah. that's a, a, a a powerful gift to give to young kids because your whole like really like your body you there's only like a couple things going in what you you going in is thoughts right thoughts mm-hmm. and feelings right and food like that's what you mm-hmm. get thoughts feelings and foods that really make up your world and, yeah. that, and if you eat like you've seen i'm sure you've seen kids that are just like they live in a world of just like like pain and suffering at one time i was I, I was like contemplating this this hard decision and um and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was trying to make this hard decision. And I went to see a, um, a physical therapist person, uh, me and my, my buddy Hop, who runs a food truck. And, mm-hmm. um, and we're waiting and we're going to go in tandem style like a couple um, because <laughs> that's that's how we roll. And uh, we went to walk in there and um, and I'm looking around, just thinking about this. And this woman walks in and she's well over 400 pounds. Right. Yeah. And she had a cane and she was maybe 30. Right. 30 something. I don't I don't know. But it was hard to hard to tell. Um, and I realized something like something clicked with me at that point in time. And it was like a, just one of those, you know, you have those like moments. And uh, one of the thoughts that hit my head was like, oh, my God, it's like because of her inability to put down cookies or whatever that thing is, she literally lives in a world of suffering. You know what I'm saying? Like every movement that she takes, every every step that she takes, everything that she takes, because she can't control the mouth pleasure of what 
doing that, she cannot escape. And she's just created her own personal hell to live in because there was no Kimberly to be able to show her another way. And I realized that like, like humans, we can suffer through anything and we don't realize that we're doing it. And we sometimes can't control or don't, don't realize that we can control the ability to, to, to choose, actively choose what we, what we put in our, what we put in our body. Yeah. And it goes even beyond that. Like it's more than just me, myself making a choice uh-huh. Because of our food industry here in the United States, it's really it's a lot harder to choose the best mm-hmm. choice for yourself because mm-hmm. companies have made it so much easier to choose the cookie and to choose the soda and to choose the chips. Like it's everywhere mm-hmm. and it sell they sell it to us and they like manufacture it so that you can't put it down. You literally like it's like a drug that you just like have to keep eating. And so it's so challenging because you think of it as like, oh, well, you are you're not eating healthy. So that's your problem kind of mm-hmm. kind of a thing. But it's so much more than that. You know, when you have like the tricks, cereal commercials selling to kids like they've made it so that they can convince kids that this is the thing that this kid wants. You know, <sighs> it's it's super messed up. And like it makes me really angry and really upset. And it's like. I'm doing I feel like I'm doing some good to try to like show the show kids that like this is a choice for you and it's okay that you know you eat a cookie or you eat some chips every now and then but like here are other things that you can eat that are that will actually make you feel good um and another like I've been wanting to do lessons with them about like sugar you know sugar companies that are selling to them Mm-hmm. because I think once they're aware that this company is like trying to sell to them in particular and trying to like persuade them, at least middle schoolers will, will start to feel that like, uh-uh, like you can't do that. You know, like you don't yeah, have yeah. that much power over me. And I think that they need to kind of, they can, they should see for themselves, like what is being sold to them in particular, you know? Um, there's this lesson that somebody told me about where she, she had a PowerPoint and she literally just took like the corner of the, of like a cereal box Uh and like the corner of a, like, so like Coca-Cola label and the corner of like an Oreos label and not the whole label, but she just showed like the corner of it but Uh like a a full screen and asked kids like what do you think this is and they're like oh that's oreos and then like the coca-cola like the little corner with just like the red and like part of the c maybe you know yeah and they're like oh that's coca-cola and like a you know kit kat and they did it with like cereals and like different things and then was having a conversation of like how do you like why do you think it's so easy for you to recognize just this tiny corner of this you know of this label yeah and it was a big conversation with I think it was with the middle school group and they started to get really riled up and like you know we're like what the heck like they're you know they're brainwashing us yeah kind of thing, which is true it's it's like brainwashing brainwashing it's um, so it's so easy it's like, and also like you're, you're right the, the system is set up to indoctrinate kids with this and like every mm-hmm. holiday Halloween like mm-hmm. like like Christmas like to me I I we only recently, it's funny, I look at like old photos of me and I was like fatter and more out of shape and things like that. And I didn't really realize that like, they're like, you don't know, you don't realize that, that like, 
oh, I'm, I'm supposed to have this candy. I'm supposed to have this. And like whenever the holiday seasons came around, I realized like how much more worse I felt because you get in this sugar loop where you'd like mm-hmm. you eat, you eat a little bit of sugar and then you want more and then you want more. And then, you you know, it goes yeah. from like a, a slice to the whole thing. And you have to like it's almost like this gravity that's like holding you down, like on this planet of like sugary delight. And you got to like get away from get get mm-hmm. away from it long enough to where you don't feel like this like like thing pulling you back down to like, Oh man, I just need a, I just need a, a bowl, yeah. a, a bowl of uh cookie crisps, which is like one of the worst, <laughs> like, like cereals, which is already bad, but then you have like cookies in a bowl and I'm like, oh, yeah. milk, yeah. <laughs> as a kid, I remember like, like, yes, this is great. But you don't like, you realize that kids are like, they're on a perpetual, like it's their yeah. drug. It's their, it it's is. Their, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's delicious. Like your body likes it, you know, it likes the taste. It like, it um i think that sugar affects the same parts of your brain as like cocaine you know so it is a drug um and it's yeah is there any is there any like is there any like like i feel like we're having a new wave of consciousness we're now we're like we're learning more about like like look you 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 don't have to have these sugary treats. Like, are there any companies that are doing it right that are making foods that are um, delicious and quick, pretty quick to get a hold of that are like that um, can give kids another option of convenience but still like be healthy? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the challenge. Like, I'm I'm not really looking for those things. Uh-huh. You know, Here. I'm I'm more of trying to show kids that they don't have to buy packaged things all the time, even though like that is the challenge with, with like cooking and, um, it takes time and it's obviously more convenient to go buy a thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that it is happening that there are companies that are like making snack foods that maybe are healthier. But for me personally, like anything that's in a package, like I have to question it you know like what process did this go through like what you know it's not just like what's in it but like how did this become a food now you know I don't know how to explain it exactly but like I'm always looking at the ingredients labels on packages and like checking to see what's in there like are there preservatives because that's the other thing with packaged foods is like you have to preserve them somehow so there's these added things you know that are in there that are really like not actual foods. Um, yeah. And and kids are, they're, they don't really grow up on a farm like, you know, nowadays. And so they look at it and they think it's natural. It's natural to get a packaged thing of bologna that you pull back the thing. It's like, it seems like to (laughs) them, it's, they don't ever see that, that cycle. Right. And so it seems unnatural for them to go into a garden and grab a cherry and eat Mm -hmm. the cherry. You know what I'm saying? Like it's Mm -hmm. very, and so it's like, yeah. Show, show them that there's another way to be able to do that. What? Let me ask you. What got you on this path? Like, how? What was your first step off into this? Like, this whole like helping mm-hmm. helping kids fight the system of of of, of unhealthiness. You know, like what mm-hmm. what kicked this off? So I always had a passion for food. Um, uh-huh. I always loved food. I always wanted to be in the kitchen with my mom. Like while my siblings were in the backyard making mud pies I was like in the kitchen making actual pies (laughs) but not actual pie not we didn't make pies but I would help my mom make food and like I liked to bake with her you know and so 
it was just always there. I don't know. There's something about food that was always there mm-hmm. that I had this connection with. And I'm not sure if you know, but my dad, he grew up, you know, both of my parents grew up growing food. Their parents grew food. Like they tilled the land. They lived off of the land. My dad worked in farms when he was a teenager mm-hmm. and he grows a lot of stuff in his backyard. Like he has all of these fresh fruits growing all the time. And so for me, I, I like, I thought that my connection was with food because of my mom, mm-hmm. which I think it was. And then it also became, I also realized, oh, my dad was constantly like growing things in the backyard and we always had like a fresh orange to eat when it was citrus season and we would just go to the backyard and eat an orange or like pick some lemons and to me that was natural that was normal right picking things off of the tree and eating it um and so i like i ended up going to culinary school in san francisco and i ended up getting a job at a restaurant and i was working in the kitchen for a little while and I was like feeding people, but it didn't feel like fulfilling to me. You know, I didn't feel fulfilled by that. Like I'm going to make you this dish and you're going to sit and eat it. And I don't know, like feeding like rich people, these fancy plates didn't feel good to me. Um, and there was, I, I ended up taking a class at SF state also that was a child, um, child development class because I was always kind of interested in working with kids I knew I liked kids they're like fun to be around and they're like silly and weird and like I like hanging out with kids Uh and so I took a child development class because I needed like an extra unit and I, I did a project on Jamie Oliver who was who is a cook he's written a lot of cookbooks he used mm-hmm. to have a cooking show and he was trying to do the show where he would go into school cafeterias in the US and try to change school like school lunch and it was a total mess and like <laughs> he failed like really oh, hard because yeah. it's really hard to change the mindset of this food industry in the United States and he was this like British guy coming into American school cafeterias and they're like what do you think you're doing Um, but during my child development class and during that project, like I learned about like the rates of childhood obesity and like people getting sick because of the food that they're eating and how that is preventable. You know, like you Mm -hmm. don't have to get, you don't have to make yourself sick by what you eat if you're eating things that are like natural foods. Um, and so that whole like learning about all of the, all of this made me realize like, this is a problem that can be prevented and I want to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And so my mindset was I want to teach kids how to cook for themselves because a lot of people nowadays aren't cooking for themselves. They're like going out and like eating out every day. Like I encounter some kids at the schools where I teach um, that never cook at home. Like their parents always buy dinner out and they, they just don't cook at home at all. Um, and it's really sad, you know, um, and it's a lot harder to, to eat healthy, I think, or eat good natural foods when you're not preparing them yourself. Cause you don't really know what's going in them, you know, unless you're going to like sweet greens every day, you know, I don't know. It's just, there's, there's very few places that have where you can go to and like get actual natural good food. And not to say that like you shouldn't eat out because I also like going out to eat at restaurants and I enjoy that experience. Um, But it's not sustaining, you know, 
it's not like a sustaining thing. So I, I remember talking to my, my grandma and she said it wasn't until she was 18 years old that she actually went and ate out at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And like you look at it and like it just it feels so natural for us to like, why don't we go out tonight? Why don't we? It, mm-hmm. there's, it's it became more natural for us to go out than it did to actually go and make food, even though mm-hmm. every other generation before us, that's what you did. And, yeah. And it's just like we, we're we're learning these new ways. What what would you say like like if you were to give a couple of like how does somebody or what would be some dishes or things that people would do if they didn't have a ton of time but they wanted to kind of go and prepare food and have that mm-hmm. on the standby so they could start to form some of these habits, you know, what's the, mm-hmm. what's the, what's the bacon of healthy eating? Do you know what I'm saying? Like in terms of like, <laughs> if you turn it, try and turn a vegetarian into a carnivore, you, you, bacon is like the gateway drug. What is the, what is the, what is the healthy gateway drug that help, to help? Um, I think it does help to eat fruits and vegetables that are in season mm-hmm. because they are the tastiest when they're in season. So, mm-hmm. And they're usually the cheapest, too. You know, if you go to a grocery store and you're trying to buy a watermelon in December, it's coming from somewhere else and it doesn't it's not going to taste very good. Um, So I think buying in season fruits and vegetables is the best thing. And then cooking those things like very minimally. So I my go to when I'm like in a rush or if I don't have a lot of time or I'm really tired is I'll just take whatever veggies I have and saute them with garlic and onions. Mm. So garlic and onions <laughs> so with with veggies just like sauteed and like some rice is kind of like my go to thing. Um, like usually brown rice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's the that's the other thing is like there isn't really like a quick fix. It's kind of like you got to put in the work yeah. to make your body feel good, you it's know, so, too. It's it's so funny. It's like when people see someone in really really good shape, they're like, "What's the secret?" They're like, "Diet and exercise." You know, like it's like there's yeah. you got to But then do you you mean do you, but you can take those and package those up and then have them for later like in yeah. terms of like mm-hmm. like like and I love like I, you know, like you know spending time with your sister and thing has got me into roasting vegetables mm-hmm. like like roasting um broccoli and Yum. like just just like yeah. just just throwing it in there for a while till it turns into like, like this crispy mm-hmm. crunchy thing right mm-hmm. and like and yeah so that, i love that too yeah the, the roasting of items um mm-hmm. and sauteing mm-hmm. so there is there is this there is no magic bullet that you can take there's no there's yeah. no order fast food item that you can take out besides what you said was sweet greens apparently sweet greens i don't know i've i've been to sweet greens and they're doing some good stuff and partnering with food core and getting like salads into school lunches which is making me really excited um are but I don't see- know that much about sweet greens besides that. Are you seeing like a because I, I mean, I know you're up against a, a, a behemoth here. Uh, these uh, uh, the the food industry. Mm-hmm. Right. And the sugar industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you seeing a change in the culture of children? Is there is there been like and who's making the most impact? I know Jamie. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Oliver. Jimmy, oh. Jimmy Oliver was uh, a trail. Soul. Yeah, trail. I know. I saw that chicken chicken nugget episode. That yes. made me, it made me want to cry when they the chicken like, nugget episode. Yeah. Uh, but it was because, like, I mean, and so that was the thing where, like, you know, they 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 he showed him how gross it was to turn this like funky chicken carcass into chicken nuggets, mm-hmm. and then all the kids still wanted to eat it. They it, still like, ate it. They yeah. still. 
backfired because they're just so used to it. It was crazy. Yeah. But, but thinking back at, at that, like, they saw all the things that went in it, and they still chose to eat it. And that's the other thing is, like, if you show a kid, like, all the things that are going into a food or, like, show them how it's made or have them make it themselves, they're more likely to eat it also. <laughs> I mean, unless, I don't know, depending on what's in there. But, yeah, it was really surprising to me also. Like, if you package it just right, if it looks like something that's familiar and comforting to them, you know, they'll eat it. You can take and, and, and that association to the brain of, like, you, mm-hmm. you you dump in a pile of sugar. And it's like, look, it's like, and they're like, that sounds great. And it's like, no, it's it's, it's cancer. It's unhealthy. It's all mm-hmm. these it's all these negative things. But they this such a strong association to the the chicken yeah. nuggets. But is there anybody yeah. making like is there like is there anybody that's really making a big difference in the space besides Jamie Oliver? Um, like in like a helping- different. In a different place, or what do you what, mean exactly? What I mean that is like, so what you're doing is like a microcosm of you're 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 helping these kids, mm-hmm. you know, you know, one one mouth at a time, going mm-hmm. around and, and and doing this. Is there any companies or organizations, like you said, Food Corps, anybody that's mm-hmm. really taking this challenge on as well as as a as a bigger player, trying to go into like trying to do mm-hmm. the Jamie Wheel Jamie Oliver thing at a at a big scale? Yeah, definitely. Food Corps is one. Um, one organization that's doing it. Um, they're mostly doing it in gardens. Mm-hmm. So the majority of food core service members are teaching garden classes and introducing kids to food and how it grows. So they can like learn like what a tomato plant looks like and what kale looks like when, when it's growing in, you know, growing in the garden. And so introducing them to whole foods in that like sort of way, um, which I did also, like I was in food core and I taught garden classes and I really enjoyed showing kids like, Hey, this is kale and you can take a leaf off and just like eat it, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, and I had the most success with kindergartners when I had them eat kale off of the plant. Um, (laughs) but there was another step I felt like, like not, these kids aren't going to have gardens in their backyard or not all of them are going to have gardens and they still need to know how to cook this thing. Cause not everybody likes raw kale and you don't have to eat raw kale all the time, or you don't have to eat like raw tomatoes or raw, whatever else is growing in your garden. Um, and so like cooking is the next step, um, cooking with fire and like mm-hmm. heating, heating things up and like helping, your body digests them, you know? And so, so food core is doing really cool stuff. Um, the other organization that kind of inspired Berkeley unified Mm -hmm. school district to, to continue like doing garden and cooking things is an organization called the edible schoolyard here in Berkeley. And they're based out of a middle school in Berkeley unified. Um, and they've been doing it for 20 years now where they, they're pretty established in the school and they teach cooking classes there. And it feels like, um, from the people that I've talked to who are now like in their twenties that went to elementary or went to middle school there, like it's definitely making an impact on their lives, you know, like they're cooking more for themselves or like cooking or like food is now a good experience for them. And they tried different, different foods. And I think that, um, I think that it's making a difference, at least with with the kids here in Berkeley. Like I talked to a high school student 
who went to the edible schoolyard middle school. Um, it's called King middle school. Mm-hmm. And she, I was asking her, you know, like what sort of, what sort of impact did going to school here make for you and like your friends, you know? And she was saying that people at the, at her high school, I think she's a junior or a senior now people at her high school, will like kind of judge kids that are bringing McDonald's or like Jack in the box or Taco Bell, like to lunch, you know, <laughs> or like a pizza or they're, yeah. they're kind of just like, Oh, that's, yeah. that's what you're eating for lunch. Yeah. And so it's kind of like reversing this that's mindset awesome. and it's not happening like right at middle school and it's not mm-hmm. happening at elementary school, but as they're getting older, and they're able to make choices for themselves, like actually choose all the things that they're eating. Um, I think it's making a difference. Yeah. It's just, it's a long-term thing. It, yeah. Um, the, the steering the ship of like all this, it's like the, the way the general populations of kids think is not, is, mm-hmm. is a, is a mag, just a giant, giant thing to do but the switching it from like all i want is mcdonald's to understanding that there's food i feel like there's a there's like a a path that they have to go on to be able to mm-hmm. first understand what the food is understand how it affects them understand what you're saying that the um the marketing agencies like coca-cola if you look at coca-cola commercials what are they selling friendship fun romance love connections mm-hmm. not sugar water you know what i'm yeah. saying like it's a and yeah. and and, and and it just and it's one thing to tell a kid don't eat that do this it's another thing to try to inspire a kid to be healthy and that's a longer but it's a deeper like it's a it's a it's a more um impactful thing it just takes takes more time and it I, takes and I, a lot of time yeah yeah i wish yeah there it, what it sounds like it's like almost like the way facebook started out at like one college and then spread to another college and spread to another college and then now it's this like global Mm-hmm. communication network i feel like the the edible classroom and mm-hmm. the food court needs to do the same thing where it starts at one school another school and then eventually spreading around yeah to that do you do you yeah, have do you, do you have like you know like what were are what are a couple other of your like big battles that you have to have in terms of mm-hmm. like what what do you do battle with um call them threshold guardians a part of the Joseph Ham- Campbell quotes, but like you have, you have, you know, the, the food industry, right. As one, the perceptions of kids, the peer pressure from social kids, what are other, what are another ones that you've had to do battle with to try to overcome on this, on this journey? I think the one thing that I struggle with is feeling really overwhelmed by mm-hmm. it all sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it feels like a really big thing yeah. and I can't do it by myself, you know, and some days are not, don't go as well as I wish they, they could have gone kind of a thing. And so I think my battle for myself is more of a personal battle of like realizing like, okay, I'm not going to change the world right now, but I can change like one kid's life maybe. Sure. Um, Or I can, you know, like remembering that, it's okay if I'm not changing this whole school into eating more kale. Like that's not, (laughs) that's not the goal, even though like I want it to, you know, I want that to happen. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think it's just like, just reminding myself like, okay, calm down. 
it's it's okay if today didn't go the way you wanted it to go. There's always tomorrow, you know. Um, and I'm also just like I'm start I'm starting off, you know. Like I've yeah. been, I started working with Food Corps in 2016, and I've found my way to Berkeley Unified School District, and I'm part of a team now um, of people that all have similar mindsets, and I want to keep working with people that have the same mindset that I have about food and teaching kids about food. Um, and I'm just going to keep doing it as much as I can, you know, even if it's overwhelming. <laughs> um, it, to yeah. me, that shows that you're on the right path when you're doing something. I mean, it's a journey. I mean, what you're on, like journeys are not like, oh, it's a piece of cake. Oh, I'm done. You know, I, I showed up and I, I turned my thing yeah. and I'm done. It's like you, <laughs> if it wasn't overwhelming, it wouldn't be worth it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. so I, I can totally see that because you have so much energy and you and you care so much and you can only you know push what you can mm-hmm. what, what's right in front of you versus like you know but that that it's a it's a momentum thing right and like and mm-hmm. you 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 are at the tip berkeley you are at the tip of the spear of this food change industry and mm-hmm. i mean and we have you know like the same thing like the um like with the marijuana uh, industry where like, you know, it was, you know, turned you into crazy people or whatever in the 20s, 30s, all that stuff. Right. And then it took you took decades mm-hmm. and for the, the, everyone to learn. Well, nah, well, you probably shouldn't have a kid smoking it, but it's actually not that <laughs> bad, you know, because yeah. of all the all the things. And so I think like you're trying to turn around this giant ship that's that's. Mm-hmm. that is going in this direction. And so it's, it's going to take time. You know, what, mm-hmm. what, like, in terms of like, where would you like to be in a couple of years? Or what do you want to, mm-hmm. ha- like, what do you want to be able to do if like, if you were able to like, cause I, I, I see you leveling up, like going from food core, from, from just cooking for rich people to food core to, you know, helping kids understand how to garden in, from garden to table and educating mm-hmm. them and doing it one at a time. I see your skills leveling up in this area, becoming an expert. Where do you, where do you want to be in like five years or 10 years or what, what mm-hmm. like would, would, do you, would you like to see or do or feel or experience to have it like, yes, this is, this has been a worthy mission looking backwards. I'm saying. Yeah, totally. So the thing that I've also been kind of learning along this journey is, um, teaching is hard, you know, it's more than just like, yeah, I'm trying to teach them how to cook and like how to use a knife, teaching them knife skills and how to saute vegetables and how to use a burner and a stove. But also I'm teaching kids how to be nice to each other Um, because that's, that's part of being a teacher. Like being a teacher is so hard because you have all of these different groups of or different students coming together and interacting with each other. Like they're forced to be there. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so my goal is to just get them to be kind humans and like respect each other. And I didn't realize that that was something that I would have to be teaching them in cooking classes. Um, but I think it's something that everybody, like every teacher, whether you're teaching math or science or history, like, yeah, Every teacher needs to have that as part of their classroom. Um, And so I think in the future, five years from now or 10 years from now, like I still want to be teaching kids about food, but Uh I, it's, it's more, it's more also like, I want to be teaching a class 
like that food is like the focus, but also like learning how to be a good human is also the focus of that class, you know, like, which is a hard thing to teach. Maybe. I don't know. Trying to figure out how to do that. Sure. No, that, (laughs) that is absolutely a hard thing, especially in the cooking world, because like there is this weird thing that happened with like chefs that Mm -hmm. chefs are like, like known. I mean, we know this like mean, demanding and stressful and yelling. And, and it's like one of the things I've always been fascinated with is like, like, how do you, how do you keep high and high standards and also be cool with people? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause you're in a spot where you, you have higher standards, higher standards of like a healthy living, healthy way. Um, and, and not, you know, shaming them and not like, and that's a, Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a challenge with everything. It's like, how do you keep those high standards Mm -hmm. as well as being a good human and making people feel good through the process? Mm -hmm. And do you have any like ways that you do it today or ways that you, I mean, like, the the yuck your yum and stuff mm-hmm. like that what do you what do you yeah so the other thing that I'm realizing with cooking with kids is like it's not always gonna look that great <laughs> <laughs> kind of a thing you know like presentation for me uh-huh. is a big deal when I'm like cooking for people or like when I worked in the restaurant industry or when I went was going to city college during the culinary program at city college um and I'm I'm needing to like kind of let go of that like preciseness like oh you like cutting carrots like perfectly julienned carrots or like perfect little dices um and kind of making sure that I'm remembering like it's not always the end result it's the it's the process to get there that's more important um and so yeah so that's like that's one thing that I'm I'm trying to remember for myself and then also needing to remind other kids about it, you know, cause there are other kids in the class that are going to be like, Oh, like Julian's not cutting this right. He's cutting it wrong and figuring out how to then also like guide them and be like, that's okay. Like he's doing it a different way. It's not, it's not wrong. It's just different. Sure. Um, and, and also just, I don't know, kind of like modeling for them, like, how to not judge other people. Like I had this one class of sixth graders and it was our first class and we were making a salad, like a cabbage slaw kind of salad with a sesame dressing. And there was one kid who was kind of sick. He like was, he's like, was rubbing his eyes and like his nose and was sneezing. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't necessarily, I didn't want to get everybody sick, but I also didn't want to, didn't want him to be left out of the thing. So I was like, oh, you can make the dressing with me and you can just like, can you read the recipe for me and I'll add the ingredients for the dressing. Like, just tell me what's in there and tell me like the measurements and all that stuff. And he said to me, what's a dressing? And another kid was like, you don't know what a dressing is? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like, it's okay. Like, this is a class where we're learning, you know, yeah. like, it's okay if he doesn't know what a dressing is. Yeah. And the kid was like, Oh yeah. Oh, sorry, man. Sorry. You know? Sure. Um, so I think it's just that like accepting that everybody's at a different level, um, of learning and that's what school is about and trying to be that, yeah, just trying to be that model for like also not judging them and guiding other students to not judge each other. That's um, so hard. It's so it's hard, hard. Yeah. being able to have like, 
it, 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 it seems like uh, there is a natural judginess, especially with kids that they have. Mm-hmm. And, and that and it also goes back to their insecurities mm-hmm. of like them being insecure and them like, you know, and then them looking at other people like you're not doing this. I need like it's like that. Um, mm-hmm. It can de-escalate very quickly and uh, mm-hmm. or escalate into something very crazy. Do you. Yeah. So when you're basically teaching almost like life life lessons through cooking where yeah. you're like, you're like, Hey, this is, this is not only how to make a salad. This is how to make a good human. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can always picture like, uh, like a Kimberly cookbook, right. <laughs> <laughs> They're like helping kids like, you know, like one is like life, like cooking skills and then social skills and like with, yeah with the kitchen, like what are there some other opportunities to like teach kids like how not to judge or how to mm-hmm. be open because it seems so much of what you're talking about is being open to the experiences mm-hmm. not putting negativity on other people's experiences and not yeah. judging those other people like do you have any other like exercises or things that you do with kids to get them mm-hmm. to to move in that better human way mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're like my coworkers and I are kind of working to try to make better, um, have better rituals in our cooking classroom. Um, because at the middle school, for instance, like we didn't have a lot of time. We had like 40 minute classes, 40 minute periods to like introduce the lesson and cook and eat and clean up. And it's just, uh, it was nuts. Like it would just be yeah. crazy classes. Um, and they would, like some days we would be like putting food on little and little to go like compostable to go things and they would be like eating while leaving like walking out the door um and so i think that like having ritual around food is really important mm. and so one thing that we try to do try to teach is like mindfulness with eating um so at the elementary school we always wait for everybody to get their food so we wait until everybody has their plate of food in front of them and obviously we wash our hands, but that's, <laughs> it's like this, it's this ritual that happens. So we clean up, we wash hands, we serve the food, everybody has the food in front of them. And we either do like a breathing thing or we do gratitude. Um, and something that I've been doing with the summer school kids is like, we all say gratitude, gratitude together. So what is one thing that we want to thank today or like who's someone we want to thank today relating to like what we learned, you know? So for our decomposers lesson, we said, thank you to the soil that day. So on the count of three, everybody say, thank you, soil. One, two, three, thank you, soil. And then we can all eat together. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like a, like a remembering, like, where's this food coming from? And like, how did it come to be here? And, um, and like being grateful for that, um, is something that I'm wanting to work on more with the middle schoolers. Cause we kind of have it down with the elementary grades. They, we have a good system and we get more time with them. We have like a whole hour with them instead of just like 40 minutes. Usually we have like an hour and like a little bit more time. And so with the middle schoolers this coming school year, we're going to be able to have them for 90 minutes. So, which is like a blessing, like so much time to like cook and eat together and talk, you know, and like get to know each other and build relationships. Um, Because that's the other important thing about, about food is like, 
it's kind of like a relationship building. It's easy to build relationships when you get to just like sit down and eat together. 100%. Um, and so we want to be able to cultivate that more with the middle school. Um, we haven't been able to because it's been so like hectic and time time is limited there. Um, but yeah, creating that like that connection and that like gratitude, like remembering mm-hmm. gratitude, remember to be thankful for the food we have mm-hmm. um, and just, yeah, trying to like come together do, because of food. Do you have, um, I mean, is there a class that you're doing that is mindfulness and cooking or like rituals and cooking or is that a thing? It's it's not really called that, but it's what we're trying to do. (laughs) I can totally, I can totally see, um, um, like when you're trying to figure out like, how do I take these better humans and cooking and put it together to me, when you said like mindfulness and cooking or mindfulness in the kitchen or whatever, that right there to me sounds like a really awesome, like name for a class that kind of sets the, the intention Mm -hmm. of what you're Mm -hmm. trying to do. And I, I absolutely agree that, one of the things is we we very in, in our society today, we don't suffer from scarcity. We suffer from abundance. We have diseases of abundance, diseases mm-hmm. of fast foods and sugars and things that's like the unlimited just shove it in your body kind of things. There's very few yeah. people in the in the US that is actually literally starving, right? They're they mm-hmm. they it's 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 a totally unhealthy thing. And that yeah. whole um bringing um mindfulness into the kitchen with doing rituals with doing like doing around a table doing a thing where everyone talks about what they're grateful for Mm -hmm. having those having those things where you're taking a bite of something and you're and you're just mindfully taking that bite and taking those sensors in and being grateful for that versus the gotta go gotta go gotta take the food Mm -hmm. to my table you know it to me is like we we've lost that family tradition that you're talking about and that that connection building activity and we so quickly grab your food go into your corner squirrel away go on to instagram go through it and i told i totally see uh, mindfulness, cooking, mindfulness, or rituals, and anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely believe in that because I know when I go off and I do whatever Burning Man stuff or the Peru stuff or any of those things, one of the best times is cooking, preparing food with the people, mm-hmm. getting around, sharing, and everybody sitting around together and they put effort into making the thing. And then you all together enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It is a just this, just. I don't know, this, this deep, natural sensation mm-hmm. of um, community and yeah. family, yeah. right? That That is completely lost today. That is not mm-hmm. those habits of sitting around at a table and doing those activities. So when you said that, I don't know, it struck a chord with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think just throwing it out there that something naming that would, would allow that. And I could totally see uh, whether it's a... a, 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 a cookbook, a YouTube channel, a classroom, whatever it is that you're doing mm-hmm. that. I, um, yeah. I think there's a lot of a need for that, that would, that would resonate mm-hmm. with a lot of people because it's not, it's not yeah. on today. So totally. And I think that, um, there is like, yeah, uh, a lot of people aren't cooking at home for themselves. And so they're not cooking for other people either um because they don't really know how but i think that's one thing that i really i love about the people that i live with right now in in my home um is we all love to cook and eat 
together. Nice. Um, and we like to share food together. So everybody, like we live in a, in a house of four, there's four of us total and we, um, share groceries and we, we're like, it feels very abundant because there's always food here. And so it's very easy for us to have guests over and share food with them because it feels like, you know, we have, we have so much abundance here. We have a garden in the backyard and like, um, we had a couple friends over yesterday uh-huh. who were just so grateful for the food that we made them. You know, we kind of all cooked cooked together and different people brought different things to, to share. Um, and we went around and we shared something we were grateful for before we ate. Mm-hmm. And it, it does feel really nice. Like, it doesn't happen every day that we have this, like, nice meal all together because mm-hmm. there are there is a lot that is going on in our lives like we're all really busy but to come together like once a week or you know every now and then and just like share food together and just like be together and be grateful for that like it just it feels really nice and I think that um yeah I I want I want to I want to teach the middle schoolers like how good that can be. Uh, um, <laughs> mindfulness in middle school is definitely going to be mindfulness uh, in middle school. It's, yeah. a, it's definitely a challenge there, but it's, oh, it's needed. Yeah. It's absolutely needed. What um, like so so you're you're doing all this stuff. Are you? I mean, are you teaching other not like middle schoolers, but like, are you teaching other people how to do this? Like like mm. not just for kids, but like um. Other teachers, other yeah, yeah. Are you are you creating like? Do you have any type of like? Is there like any mentor programs that you do or anything like that? Well, or? I'm I'm still learning myself. You know, uh-huh. like I still feel like I'm still figuring it out. And yeah. um, and so within Berkeley Unified School District, there are garden teachers and there are other cooking teachers at the at two at the other middle schools. We have cooking classes mm-hmm. also. So there's three middle schools. In Berkeley Unified, one of them has the edible schoolyard. One of them is my middle school where we're kind of just starting off with our mm-hmm. cooking program. And the other middle school is Willard, and they, um, they've they had a program going on for a while. And so one of the teachers there is my mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that for me, like, I'm still figuring out how to do this, like, the best way I can. Sure. Um and I'm still kind of in those like growing pains, especially mm-hmm. because of the program at the middle school where mm-hmm. I'm teaching is so new. Um, but yeah, we have like, like we have volunteers that come in that are also really passionate about this and then they become part of the team, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, you know, we're, with working with a school district, like can be kind of it can be kind of challenging to get people in in the door because it's so you have to have a background check and you have to like you know there's this whole process of paperwork that happens um but yeah i think that like with berkeley unified we're able to like all work together and like we're building this community where we can help each other and like learn from each other um where we're gonna have like we have meetings on Wednesdays and like there's, there's like, a, there's community there that we sure. are cult- cultivating and like growing um, sure. and it's getting stronger. Um, so it's that beautiful. feels really, it feels good that we are, that we're creating that for ourselves because that's what we're trying to teach the, the kids, you know, yeah. 
That's yeah, what I'm yeah, trying yeah. to teach the kids, at least, is like how to create community around food. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. eating your own dog food, too, you know? You it's, know, it's eating like, your own dog food. Yeah, like you're if you're saying, "Hey, you should do this," then that means you should do it as well. Oh. Like you know, what I'm saying? Uh, the um, I've never heard that term. Before. It, oh yeah, they call it eating your own do- eating your own dog food, where it's like you know, if, if someone else can have it, then you yeah. should be able to do it. But uh, like, let me ask you a question in terms of like, like people want to get into this or uh, maybe they have kids that they want to inspire that. Like, what's like a, a small investment? You know, like like a hundred bucks or less or somewhere around there that's around that would, that would be a a worthwhile investment to help them get on this path. Do you think what what is something Um, like like to help people get on the path of, of teaching cooking classes or like just cooking for themselves or cooking for themselves, just being like, not necessarily teaching it, but just getting on the Mm -hmm. path. Like what would, what would be something that they could purchase that would be a worthwhile Mm -hmm. investment that would help them get along the path of, of doing these types of things if they wanted to be healthier and live healthier and that stuff. Yeah. I mean, getting cookbooks always helps because I don't like, I like looking through cookbooks for inspiration, but I'm also like, I've been cooking for a long time now that I just kind of like throw things together and I don't really follow recipes. But Mm -hmm. when I was first teaching myself how to cook, when I was in high school, I would just like find a recipe that looked good or looked interesting to me and I would just try it out. So you don't even have to buy a cookbook. Like I would go online, mm-hmm. go onto like the food network, foodnetwork.com and like find a recipe and just try it and like share it with my family. You know, like sure. I would cook for them all the time. Um, so it doesn't even have to cost money. You can yeah. just be like, Oh, okay. Look, I'm looking up this thing. It looks really good. I'm going to try it. Um, Cause it's like a learning process. Like you don't just like pick up a knife and all of a sudden you're a good cook. Yeah. You know, it takes a while to feel comfortable with, with cooking. Sure. Um, yeah. It's just kind of, it's just practice like with any other skill. Oh. One, one recipe at a time. Yeah. Uh, one recipe at a time. Basically. Yeah, yeah. And 100%. the more you, yeah, the more recipes you try, like the more you learn and, um, you just kind of create this, you then have this like recipe book in your head now, you know, it's like kind of all there. Yeah. The, uh, well, yeah. One of, <clears throat> one of my favorite recipes that you, like I still have today is that, uh, sweated kale and poached eggs. That, oh that yeah. Thing. It is so good. Like that, yeah. like yeah. I always like, because like, you know, I, um, you know, I used to run the food truck business catering company. I still mm-hmm. like have a natural tendency to be like, if I opened up another one, what would I have on my menu, right? You have this like imaginary menu that just keeps living on the side. And to me for breakfast, yeah. that sweated kale with the uh-huh. onions, with the chili flakes and all that stuff on that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I made like- that. Yeah, I made that the other day. Yeah? <laughs> With corn. I like to add oh, fresh corn okay. in the summertime. Ooh, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that sauteed a little bit. In terms of like something that is... Uh, healthy, delicious, quick, and also like relatively cheap. It's kale and eggs, you know, and onions is nothing, um, mm-hmm. but just incredible flavor combo. And it just, it's yeah. amazing to me that like most people, like I never knew that growing up. What I knew was like, like bread and eggs and pancakes. And mm-hmm. you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't like, you don't get something like that, that, you know, as a go-to flavor. And it's, it's funny because that's a positive association that you made on my brain. Mm-hmm. And now for me, like when I want to have like a really delicious, healthy breakfast that I want it to be awesome. I just, I'm like, it's it's like my go-to move. That's Uh, awesome. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. It's super delicious. So the, the, uh, I mean, do you do, 
chili flakes, salt, pepper, chili flakes. Uh, what else uh-huh. do you do in it? Is there anything else that you put inside of it? The thing that makes it taste the best is making sure that that you brown the onions. So when you saute the onions, mm-hmm. you're almost like caramelizing them. And that's like where the flavor is coming from. So you're sauteing the onions uh-huh. till they're kind of brown. Yeah. And then adding garlic. And I like to add corn. And mm-hmm. then I add the kale. Um, but... Yeah, that's pretty much it. And like, I always, I like to do a poached egg because the yolk is really runny. Mm-hmm. So that adds like mm-hmm. that yummy, like fattiness to the, mm-hmm. to the kale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and so then, good. yeah, just salt and pepper and sometimes chili flakes. Yeah. And with it's that really poached tasty. egg, learn that trick of you put like a little bit of vinegar mm-hmm. inside the, the water. Right. And you yeah, swirl and it then up. You and, swirl it. and you drop it and it kind of like, boom, 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 boom. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I'm getting hungry just thinking about this. Oh, man. Um, yeah. That was beautiful. And um, let me ask you a question. If you were to um, – getting close to the top of the hour, so we're going to start to you know wrap things up here. But mm-hmm. if you were to have a, a billboard, put up a big billboard sign with a message to the world, right, what would that billboard say? Mm-hmm. It would probably say – oh, gosh – I would want it to say so many things, but the first thing that came to mind was create community through food. Create community through food. Which is something that I learned when I worked for Buy Right Market because they are a really great market in San Francisco that is trying to create community through food in the Mission District and like in their neighborhoods where they are. So, it, The line out the door for that <laughs> ice cream is yeah. insane. I think it was like 1130 at night. I was walking with, with you and T and uh-huh. I just saw this like just monster line. I'm like for ice cream at like 1130 yeah. at night. And it was just. Ice creams. Yeah. Ice cream is a big deal, man. <laughs> People <laughs> love their ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> we're, um, it's actually funny. Uh, we're, um, you know, we're going to Burning Man, right? And we're, mm-hmm. and we're gifting things. One of, mm-hmm. one of the things that our camp, uh, Pink Carters, are gifting is actually coconut vegan ice cream. Yay, yum. Yeah, yeah. And Love so, coconut ice cream. Yeah, I know, because you're lactose intolerant, right? I am, yeah. So I yeah. don't do dairy yeah. unless it's freshly squeezed. Really? <laughs> like straight from the cow? Straight from the cow, because I can, my body can process that, because it has the lactase enzyme that my body doesn't have. Interesting. Um, that can help me process the lactose because it's not pasteurized, so it doesn't kill the enzyme. That's it, it, yeah. it's it, it's crazy how like we as a society we like we try to make all these like health rules and all these things, and it seems to be like desanitizing everything, right? Like mm-hmm. they like try to like they try to like or like they try to like separate and put it in a little box, wrap it in plastic and those mm-hmm. things, and then like what was once healthy, it no longer becomes healthy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And it, through that cycle of the processing of the foods and, and yeah. all that jazz. It's, I know. It's pretty crazy. But I know, I know. that's that's the world we're living in right now. I don't know. I know that Europe is doing different things and they mm-hmm. their standards for food are a lot better than ours. So yeah. I think that we need to get some people over here to to show us the way, you know, or <laughs> like to help change things up in the States because – yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of food food issues here. Well, yeah, I think we're the you know um, 
because I feel like the the U.S. is there's a lot of like media and marketing efforts that push towards the unhealthy convenience and stuff. And like since we're so new as a as a country, like we're very, very new compared to all the old countries, Europe and stuff where they actually have a history of growing foods and vegetables and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like we're like, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go make my business. I got to go do these things. And I I can't I can't time. You know, I don't have time for this. And so I feel like that's it's all because of the way we structured this society. And so like, like okay. people like you in the, in the Berkeley actually in like doing this from the ground up in these schools, like I think the only way that we're going to change and grow as like, like a society is by having people come in and go, look, there's a better way to be healthy. There's yeah. a better way to eat. There's a better way to consume and connect mm-hmm. with other people in a mindful way. So, um, I yeah. love the fact, I love the fact that you're doing it, Kim. And, uh, thanks. And this is great. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up the, the podcast here, but, um, mm-hmm. thank you so much for being on. I, I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate the work that you're doing too. It's super cool and delicious. And, uh, <laughs> And yeah, and um, and hopefully we can have you on again sometime. Yeah, thanks for asking me to have this conversation. I was actually really nervous about it, but you did great. I, but then I like remembered that I it's easy talking to you. So <laughs> it's just we're just friends having a conversation. Yeah. And like, and I just like I honestly I love what you're doing. And I love all the stuff that you're into on this. And like, and I don't have a lot of my friends that are like out there trying to like a hard battle, uh, getting kids to stop eating candy and doing farm to the table. <laughs> like that's a super hard challenge. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like, if anybody's like fighting a noble cause, it's you. So oh, thanks. I, I, I just want to record it, share the message and hopefully inspire some people along the way that, you know, maybe they can, um, you know, make a couple of small steps and, and go on that journey too. So cool. Yeah. Thanks Dylan. Awesome. Kim. All right. I'll talk to you later, darling. Okay. Right. Bye. Bye.